morning. We are back. You are joining us again on The Breakfast Show. And we hope you're doing well. We hope you're having a fantastic Monday. You're nice and awake. Now, we had a ton of answers coming in for our first quiz of the day. People getting it right. You know, who? what person did Jesus describe it as Elijah? But you guys have been struggling with the other questions, guys. Come on. Wake up this morning. Um, you know, we're, we're guiding you through this quiz. And we're hoping you get these questions right because you'll go in the answer for an amazing You'll go in the draw, sorry, for an amazing prize this week. But let's get into our next question. All right, this one, this one's a nice one. In Luke chapter 17, verse 32, uh, it quotes Jesus as telling his listeners to remember a woman from the Old Testament. Uh, and in fact, she is the only woman in the New Testament, the New Testament readers are told to explicitly remember. Mm. Who is this woman? Oh, hey. Who is it? Jesus, uh, it's quoted um, to Jesus telling his listeners to remember a woman from the Old Testament. She's the only woman who is t- the New Testament believes are told to remember. Who is the woman? If you think you know the answer, you can text the answer through mm-hmm. to 0491064669. And we want to see those answers coming flooding through, like you said, Lawson. Absolutely. And I'll give you guys a few hints. It's not Queen Elizabeth. That's the first one. It's not... Producer Shell, it's none of my sisters or my mom. Uh, you know, I've, I've that's three sisters. really helping us narrow yeah, it down. That's right. Thank you so for that. it's none of those people. So you know, that's fantastic. Now you know it's not. It's, You're narrowing down things are so like hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's not Hillary Clinton. It's not Julia Gillard. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to help our listeners to be able to get it right this morning. If you know the answer, again, that number to text is 0491-064-669. And that question, again, it was Luke 17.32. Which woman does Jesus say to remember from the Old Testament? 0491-064-669. Got a text message here from Wayne. He, we, now, we were talking about the, the, the world heating up and what we can see, you know, statistically, what we can see from the data is that our world is literally getting hotter. And Wayne said, good Lawson. Yes, I experience it three times a week in a sauna for one hour. Oh, which awesome. is, you know, 50 plus degree oh, I temperature. Love saunas. You lo- I haven't been in a sauna in Yonks. Bro. What? Okay, can maybe someone needs to enlighten me. What is the health benefits of getting in a sauna? Oh, come on. Because I, I just feel like, I'm like, are you just getting dehydrated? No, like, you, you drink while you're in there. You take a water bottle in, you drink, you keep hydrated. You uh, do have to drink a lot. But, I mean, you're sweating out all the toxins in your body. It's like a reset in that sense. Uh-huh. Um, also, uh, you know, I followed some very interesting studies through COVID uh, of the Scandinavian countries, particularly Finland, which has more than one sauna. I, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it's like they have... Two or three saunas per person living in wow. Finland. Okay, they're legit. Um, yeah, okay. so they're, they're doing saunas all the time. I went to Finland at the start of this year on a mission trip and loved the saunas over there. Just <laughs> insanely good. You go straight from the sauna into the ice bath, like in the lake. You cut a hole in the lake. You jump in the ice cold water. You get back in the sauna. And so that that pairing. How did you feel through that? Oh, it was it was exhilarating. It, you just everything's alive, and this is part of the health benefit, right? You go from the hot to the cold and that okay. hot cold treatment um, yep. gets your immune system kicking and i the study that i was looking at through covid was uh, was that they were they were making links between the low rates of this in the scandinavian scandinavian countries of, of covid and these sorts of things and how uh, they were postulating whether the sauna treatments were helping with that wow um, so yeah anyway the, the point is there's so many health benefits okay and saunas rock 
Okay, okay. We we have a sort of supporter in the studio. This I'm with morning. you, Wayne. Mate, maybe you're feeling the same way. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Oh man, I I need to get on this. I remember going to the sauna when I was young, just because I thought it was funny. Like I, we would be staying in a hotel somewhere, be like, yeah, let's use the sauna. It'd be like me, and it was usually when we were like at a motorbike race or something. So it'd be me and my motorbike friends. We'd all be hanging out in the sauna and be like, yeah, look at us in the sauna. But we had no idea. Like, and I, we'd sit in there for I don't know, like twenty minutes and go. Okay, let's go get back in the pool. But um, hey, yeah, listening to the breakfast show this morning, dude. One thing I've been appreciating recently, you know those upright gas heaters. You know the ones. Oh yeah, I've got two of them in my house at the moment. Oh, they're just yeah. the best. They're just yeah. like like the ones that they've got the fire going. Oh no no no! I've got the um Everdure. They're oh. like little four bench ones. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, we've, we've you know you get, yeah. I have the little fan one that sits under my desk and blows oh. my feet. But I'm talking. I was at church. I was at Hillview Church and. You know, we did our discussion group before church started outside. And I'm like, it's so cold. Like that area, it's like Morissette, Kermong, so freezing. And they had a gas heater set up. And I'm just saying, it's like being in the shower, but without being wet. You just get in this nice, <laughs> like hot air, just, 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 this oh, is awesome. heat radiating <laughs> on you. It's just the best thing. That's a hilarious image. Yeah. Well, oh. it's, it's, it is. It's like, you know, you just have this like nice, like, Warmness and heat—it's just the best thing ever. I love it. I love I'm picturing it. you under the, the, the heater shower. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're listening uh, to the breakfast show this morning. Hey, give us some thoughts. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Speaking of heat, let's read the last couple of verses of where we got up to last week. Do you want to read Ephesians chapter one verses thirteen and fourteen for us, Blair? Absolutely. I love this passage of scripture we're studying through in the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 13 through to 15 says this, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And then Paul goes on, he says, Therefore I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Mm, Awesome. I like 13 and 14 here. I love it. This is when Paul, he just goes into full explanation mode, like, well, conclusion mode, you can say. From verse 3, essentially, to verse 12, he's expounding on what Jesus has done for us, the inheritance that we receive, adoption from God, how he is predestined that he would save the world, all of these different things. But then we come to 13 to 14, and it's kind of its summary statement of, of how its conclusion of how that affects us. And in this, this passage, 13 and 14, it essentially goes through like the process of being saved. It's Correct. like, in him you also trusted. It's like, okay, you know, coming to a point of salvation. After you heard the word of truth. Uh, the gospel of your salvation in whom, having also believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So it says, first you heard the word of truth. Uh, then, once you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then once you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you then have a guarantee of inheritance uh, which comes at the redemption of his purchased possession, the praise of his glory, which is a reference there to you know the second coming, the very end of time. And I love this passage. It parallels well with... 
you know, passages from Romans, like, you know, how will the people hear if there's no one to preach? This idea that the message of the gospel, it, the way the, the way it is deposited in people's life, how people come to a place of choosing Jesus is through the word of truth, is through hearing this message. And, you know, it's interesting from a secular perspective, and maybe you are from that perspective and you're listening this morning and, and you, you might think, Oh, you know, why is the Bible so important to Christians? And why does it seem that there's so many Christians who are intent on, you know, not necessarily being, having a progressive attitude towards the Bible and towards the standards of the Bible? We see that there are plenty of Christians who are adopting that attitude because they view the Bible as, you know, an old book, an ancient book, a historical book. And they're like, yeah, the Bible has plenty of good things to say, but, you know, there's there's some, you know, parts in, in ways that society has changed and we can update you know, what the Bible says and whatnot. But but what is so important to understand about the Bible and why people would be would come to a place where they would consider themselves a biblicist or why they would live a life in harmony and accordance with what God God's Word says and not be, you know, motivated to update or progress or alter it is because we because of our belief as Christians as this word of truth contains everything we could possibly need to know Jesus. Like this is this is very important. This reflects God and Jesus in its totality and in its wholeness and through it working in our hearts through us hearing it, God working in our hearts, we then come to a place where we have a real experience with Jesus working in Absolutely. our lives. Absolutely. But the Bible is the A1 standard of that. It's not a rough guide. It's not something that can, you know, it's not It's not even like you could say, oh, you know, just a, a, a pathway. It's more than that. It is the way, the truth, and the life. It Absolutely. reflects in totality God, who he is, how he wants to relate to us, and also his his standards, what the standards of having a relationship with God is like, which is critically important to any relationship. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. That's right. And, you know, I love that exclusive call of Scripture uh, that we find that it, it is, it's not one path of many. Mm. Uh, it, it's it, it's an exclusive call. We found salvation in no other name other than that of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And again, where is Jesus expressed the clearest? It is in God's word. You know, I am awful, and you hear amazing stories say coming out of the Middle East right now. There is a there is a huge movement of people being converted to Christianity in the Middle East from Islam where they're having dreams of Jesus. Oh, yes. I've heard so many amazing stories of this. Crazy yep. testimonies. You know, I was able to do... This was back 2017 now, so years and years ago. But yes. I was able to do like a reaching, you know, Islamic people training. Oh, cool. Who and, was that with? That would have been awesome. I forget his name. I really wish was, it was... Was, was it was Paul? A, um, he, was, he was part of it. Uh, Paul, I forget his name too. Yeah, I've got a good friend of mine, um, Sam Bonello. Yes. He's involved in, in, in Islamic ministries. Yep. And, um, yeah, I've had the opportunity to be in similar trainings to what you're mentioning. Yeah. And there's just amazing stories of God working That's right. in that community. Well, you know, you have the, like, they're giving you the advice and whatnot of, oh, you can go and you can say this thing. And how would you describe yourself as a Christian? And it's like, and the words that we can use to really relate to these people so that we can build that bridge that they would be able to, you know, come to the word. And that's because, like, we as Christians believe 
that it's like, oh, wow, like Islam is really fascinating in the fact that it's full of all the biblical prophets. That's right. And Jesus is one of the prophets. They're expecting the soon return of Jesus. But we also know that the destination, we understand that the destination is God's word. That's right. Like the, like the Bible, the words of scripture, this is where, this, this is a, a text that is far above and beyond any other text that claims to be religious. And you might be sitting there this morning, you might be listening to us, maybe you're on your way to work, I don't know, and maybe you're thinking, wow, that's quite arrogant, like, to, you know, to put the Bible up against Islam and despite, like, uh, up against the Quran and despite all the similarities, assert that, no, the Bible is better. Is, is that just because of bias? And the answer is absolutely not. The, the, the reason we do that and the reason that I'm not Islamic, the reason that I'm Christian, and I'm Christian over Buddhism and I'm Christian over Hinduism and I'm Christian over atheism and I'm Christian over all those things is because of, well, the truth of God's word, but also God's, the, the ability that God's word has to verify that truth. You know, with prophecy. Absolutely. If you're going to make an extraordinary claim, you have to have extraordinary evidence to yep. back that claim up. Absolutely. And it's, a, and it's an extraordinary claim to claim that the Bible is of divine origin. That's right. Uh, but fortunately, we don't have to just take a claim in blind faith. Yeah. Right? We have extraordinary evidence through prophecy and, and others that that back that extraordinary claim up. And just like quickly, like real, this is really, really important and critical for me to say uh, because for some reason, this has become an argument amongst Christians that atheists make fun of us for, which I think they rightfully do so. For some reason amongst Christians, the fact that this information is written in the Bible somehow is self-verifying. Like, I mean, in the sense that, like, an atheist really attacked that, the idea that, oh, like, I, I was having a conversation with an atheist once, and I was like, oh, the evidence of the Bible, and they said to me, I've heard Christians do this before, just because something is written in a book doesn't mean it's true. And for some reason, Christians use that as like, hey, this has been written in a book, so therefore we believe it. And the answer is, like, no, like, that's, no, that's not <laughs> evidence, because anything can, anyone can write anything in a book. No, what the Bible does, it's, it's self-verification of the fact that it goes out of its way to actively you know, explain future events to give credence to the supernatural claims that God is making through the Bible. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's awesome. That's not necessarily a Bible study this morning, but the point is, is that it's through God's word that we, like, again, compared to any other religious text or book, it does all this work to verify itself so that we can have an experience of reading it, of understanding it, and of letting our lives be changed by it, because that is what it's offering to do, and that is what it can do. Because it really does, the Bible really does come from God. And I, I bring up Islam as well, because it's amazing that they're having these experiences of seeing Jesus in dreams and leading to the conversions of families and towns and cities. It's, it's amazing. But that conversion doesn't stop with a dream. That's right. It continues in to God's Word. A greater revelation of God's Word. That's right. Absolutely. The, the clearest, the best, and the most perfect. And, you know, and, and Islamic folk that have come into the the truth of Scripture, it's mm. it's really actually uh, quite cool to see because they're very devoted people. It's something I admire yeah. about the Islamic mm. faith. There's a high level of devotion. Mm. And when you learn to apply that to the God of Scripture... Uh, wow, it's it's awesome to see. You know, like the the the, the, the practices of praying five times a day, yeah. and all these, uh, you know, altering their whole lives around God and His Word. This is admirable. Yeah. I also see this amongst staunch Catholics as well. That's true. Who come to a place of biblicism because obviously in the Catholic Church that is not promoted. Like biblicism and you know reading God's Word and having a relationship with 
God, you know, with God through His Word is not promoted. You know, their 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 relationship is founded on their interactions with the priests and the confessional, and their taking of sacraments and whatnot. But I found when Catholics come to a place of biblicism and sola scriptura, how incredibly devoted they are because they come from a place of like I was so devoted to, you know keeping up with this these practices and and you know going along to church and, and doing all these things and and now I realize and I understand that the clearest and the closest revelation and experience that I can have with God is through his word they just go hard and I think you know there's things to learn there not necessarily on you know from those religions as in to say that oh they're more true than us um, no but in terms of wow like if we could be as devoted as that to God's word, you know, it would just go such a long way. But we see this process happen in people that they go from the word of truth and then once they believe they're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they the God is working in their hearts, working in their lives, sanctifying them. Um, who, and then it continues on, in the guarantee of inheritance again. And we see this, this big kind of summary that Paul does of the experience that people have. And then I love when it comes in with verse 15. He's like, okay, this is the experience that people are having converting. And then he points to the Ephesians himself. Mm. Uh, do you want to read that one again? Verse Absolutely. 15? It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease, and this is into verse 16 now, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And he gives a prayer, a prayer for spiritual wisdom, yeah. which is awesome. Absolutely. We're going to go through and read it, but I just love this here because Paul and this is why letters like this are included in the Bible, because the, uh, most of the information that Paul's sharing is not just devoted to one people group or for one people group, but it has a cross application to all of us. You know, that 13 to 14, those two verses, that passage there, that's the experience that we all go through when we convert to truly following Christ. When we read his, da, 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 you know, read his word, experience the Holy Spirit, have that conversion experience, and then, you know, are sealed and we receive that inheritance, all of those things. But coming to verse 15, he's like, and I've seen it in you. You know, talking to the Ephesians, I have seen this amazing experience take place in you and I've seen your faith. And this is something that throughout Paul's letters, again, he would, you know, he, he would explain these amazing theological concepts and and these processes and whatnot, but then be talking again to a people. We're reading essentially one side of a conversation here. You know, when we come to say Romans 1 and verse 8, and he says, first, I thank, you know, God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. He's like, up until this point, he's been talking about, up until verse 8 in Romans chapter 1, he's been talking about, hey, you know, I've been able to, you know, you know, um, He's he's basically just expounding on his understanding of God and, and Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. And he's like, hey, and I've seen it in you, to the Romans. He does the same thing in Philippians. He does the same thing in the Corinthians. Well, in First Corinthians, he says more like, I haven't seen this in you, and that's a big problem. You guys need help. But it's just powerful to see like these concepts that Paul are talking about. This isn't just a theological book, but it's also advice. And so for me... Then sitting in, in my position as a Christian in 2023, uh, a good 2,000 years after this book was written, or almost 2,000 years after this book um, of Ephesians was written, I'm like, man, I want to have that experience. Like, you know, I can see it, I can read it, I can understand it, but I also want to, like the Ephesian church, walk in those footsteps um, in that process as well and have Jesus working in my life so that my faith can be 
known. It can be seen. And, and Paul is just absolutely stoked. He's like, and I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mentions for you in my prayers. You know, just amazing stuff. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Blair, you're going to bring us our final quiz of today. Absolutely. Matthew 28, verse 19. This is a fill-in-the-blank question. Therefore, go and make blank of all the nations. Blank them in the name of the Father and of the Son (laughs) and of the Holy Spirit. What are the blanks? Uh, Fill in the blanks. Therefore, go and make blank of all the nations. Blank them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you think you know the answer... You can text it into zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and get your name into the draw to win our prize of the week, Days of Daniel, the six-player board game themed on the incredible events and lives of Daniel. Oh, I love that. Oh man, that is that's tough. That's tough. You did a good job this morning, Blair. You know, giving not giving those answers away like I have done many times. Hey, you're listening to the Breakfast Show, and again, that number to text was zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. It's essentially just, just yeah. I guess you can just text us Matthew twenty eight nineteen, and that would be the correct answer. Uh, hey, you're listening to the Breakfast Show. And uh, let's continue to have a look. Let's pick it up again, verse 15. And if you could read for us, let's let's just read to the end of the chapter. If you want to pick it up, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 for us, Blair. Absolutely. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places." far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Mm. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Wow. Powerful stuff. That's amazing. Hey, we're going to spend some time over the next couple of days working our way through this prayer, looking at the amazing things that Paul said. But I think initially here, again, in verse 15 and 16, we're seeing a pattern here. And I, we looked at a little bit of Romans chapter 1 and verse 8 and in Philippians as well, where it's like you know Paul making mention towards these people, but then also giving prayer towards them. He's, he lifts them up, verse 15. He's like, you know, I've heard of your faith and it's amazing and it's incredible. Uh, but then, verse 16, and I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this is some a, a consistent theme of Paul's letters as well, is his overwhelming care um, for the well-being of the churches that he has been a part of, that he has ministered to, and even the ones that he's about to go to as well. We know he hadn't been to Rome when he wrote the book of Romans, but he's writing to them like, I care for you guys so much, and the amount of prayer that he lifted up for them. And I think there's something quite powerful there 
to speak of and, and, and just a powerful example in general to think of is, hey, you know, are we, as Paul was doing, are we invested and interested in the well-being of our brothers and sisters in Christ and are we lifting them up in our prayers? It's, it's a good question. It's a fantastic question. I think it's a very, very necessary question. Like, because Paul seems to be concerned That's with the it. pattern what we see in Scripture, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when... And I think that pattern ultimately goes back to God himself. It goes back to Jesus, you know, being... Um, Again, working with the disciples and often those times in which Jesus withdrew to pray into the mountains or whatever it may be, you could think, oh, he would have been praying for strength and for, you know, to, to continue to stand in perfection and, and all of those different things. But I would hazard a guess that the majority of his time praying was probably spent praying for his disciples. And this is what even what Jesus says, you know, in the, in the moments in the Garden of Gethsemane, he tells his disciples to pray for him. Uh, because he has, you know, consistently and continually up to lifted them in prayer, and it's disappointing for Jesus to see that. Unfortunately, you know, they fall asleep, and and you know, Jesus is going to have to go it alone. Uh, despite this, you know, all of this prayer that he's lifted up for him, and he knows that the disciples are going to abandon him once he gets into that trial scene, and you know, once he's crucified and whatnot. But yeah, and that you know, missing that time of prayer was so crucial for the disciples' own walk as well. Yeah, in facing temptation and Absolutely. you know all of those things. So oh. it's a crucial part of the believer's life, and just for yourself personally, in your own walk with the Lord, mm. but also as we see Paul doing here, intercessory prayer on behalf of others to allow open up God's blessings in their lives. Yeah, but recording it as well, and again for the purpose of. Illustrating, it was Paul who said, "You know, imitate me as I imitate Christ." Correct. It's Christ who says, "Follows me," and it's His word that we are to use. But we, again, we have this this uh, example of Paul, and he's like, "Yeah, imitate me as I imitate Christ." You know, and I think this is fantastic. You know, again, a really, really, really good and fantastic advice that Paul is giving people here, not to say that, "Hey, you know, you don't need your Bible anymore. Just listen to me. You know, just watch me. Like, just, just." Just have a look at what I do. No, but rather he's like, hey, I am endeavoring to imitate Christ and I'm giving you all power and all, you know, it, what is the way that I'm imitating Christ? It's not like watching me and how I do it, but it's like watch me as I open God's word. That's right. To the extent that I reflect Christ, that's to the extent yeah. that you can copy me, but that's no right. more. That's right. To the extent that I pray and I open God's word and I spend time with him and I do his work. This is the imitate. This is as far as the imitation should go. Um, again, not to be a copier of me, not to be a follower over a pastor rather than a follower of Jesus. But again, Paul is saying, yes, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because he, Paul, his desire for his churches, for his people, is to become Christ imitators, is to become true followers of Jesus. As he's laid out 13 to 14, this is the process, this is how it happened. As he points towards the Ephesian church, oh, and this is what I can see happening in you, and I'm praying that it might continue to happen, making mention of you in my prayers always. But again, with this book having not just a canonical place talking to the Ephesians, but being even more than its original, you know, canon and its original setting talking to us today. This is Paul's desire for all believers. And when he's also writing and in the book of Romans, you know, when he's when he's exhorting that all believers have now come to Christ.
Christ, that there is no division, as we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, you know, no difference between Jew or Gentile, male or female. He's like, I just want all of you, no matter if you're a fisherman, a minister, a plumber, a, a, anything, in a, a child, a, you know, an elderly, you know, person and like whether you are you know just coming to life or on death's door paul is like i just want you guys to have an experience with jesus to let him work in your heart and in your life and to be ever reaching out to him and that's amazing and that's exactly what we should be doing and that's what we're going to be looking at throughout this week is through look at paul's prayer it's an awesome prayer oh man it's got some exciting stuff in the things he prays for um Mm. oh the wisdom the you know i just love what do you, what we have in this? It's, it's exciting. Get ready for it. It's coming up. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we've come to the time where all we do is give answers. Awesome. Oh, we, we've been asking questions, but now we're giving answers. So run through us. All right. What person did Jesus describe as being Elijah? Who was it? Well, Jesus described John the Baptist as mm. being Elijah. Absolutely. And we did get some people getting that on right. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's quite, quite a cool little prophecy where he, he applied the, uh, he said John came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, there was a third Elijah coming yeah. up as well. That's right. He points forward to the end of time. It's like, hey, there's going to be someone who, who will, there will be people to prepare the way. Correct. Mm, That's absolutely. right. So that was a good one. Well done if you got that one right. Um, Abiathar holds the unfortunate record of being the only high priest to, and we had four options for you. Was he the one to run a marathon, the only one to run a marathon, uh, the only one to be <laughs> removed from his position, the only one to sin, or the only one to grow a beard? And that one was pretty easy. You, yeah. you could really eliminate a couple. They yeah. all had beards. They all had, they had to have beards. Beards were epic. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Sin, they all sinned. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God, people, Scripture so, says. Yep. Uh, we don't hear anything about marathons in well, the marathons, Bible. If marathon is a Greek word and didn't exist until the Greeks. That's so, right. Yep. So it really just leaves B. He was the only one to be removed from his position. Yeah, that's right. So, that's well, right. yeah, that's, that, that was the answer for that one. <laughs> uh, the next question we ask is what book of the Bible do we find women working as stonemasons? Yeah. And the answer is the book of Nehemiah. Now, that dude, stonemasonry is difficult today. That's right. Like, you know, I sh- shout out women tradies out there going and getting it done, getting the bag as well. The Australian, you know, the Australian shady economy is, is one that's, um, I think worth being a part of if you're, if you're chasing dollars. And, um, no, <laughs> but stonemasonry even today is difficult. But I'll tell you what, trade is not one of the places that's coveted for, to work in, in, you know, you don't, you don't see too many women tradies, do you? No, you don't. Yeah, but. Still, but yeah, mate. Well, well done to those who are out there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my, um, my, my dad's wife, my stepmom, is a tradie. You know, she goes and does shutdowns. She, but her job, she hole watches, which is where oh, they have nice. a kind of confined space. She has her tickets in those areas, whether it's a confined space or a height, nice. or a height, and she'll like watch people and make sure you know and just like manage the situation. Good on her. But dude, stonemasonry. That's, that's hard. That's hectic, yeah. guys. And also really cool to see, like, the, you know, the things they make. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was Nehemiah. The next question we asked, Luke uh, seventeen thirty two. Jesus quotes some... Uh, he, he, he tells us to remember a woman from the Old Testament. Mm. And 
that woman is, of course, Lot's wife. Mm. He draws the lesson that we, um, you know, we obviously don't want to be like Lot's wife who looks right. back, um, was turned into that pillar of salt. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the only woman that the New Testament explicitly tells the New Testament readers to remember. Yeah. So, interesting. Which is, I think, really an apt comparison because... You know, longing after the things of this world will leave you high and dry in the judgment time. It'll leave you found. It'll leave you found wanting. And when Jesus is coming back, you know, we read uh, in you know my news segment, uh, Revelation six, and it's the mighty men of the world, the That's free right. and the slaves, all of them, all of them who aren't having any, any experience with Jesus. What are they doing? They're hiding from him. Don't look to the things of the world. St- look to uh, look to heaven. Store your treasures there, where rust, rust, moth, and all of that doesn't destroy you. That's <laughs> what, where your heart is. There, your treasure will be. No, other way around. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amazing. Last one. Uh, we gave the reference Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make blank of all the blank uh, of all nations, blanking them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the two blanks were disciples and baptizing. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Absolutely. Of course, our final call as people who are following Jesus, our final and our greatest call is to share the everlasting gospel with all people who dwell on the earth, as Revelation 14 says, with every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. We have been given that role to do. And so it's, you know, you might... What a high and holy calling. Absolutely. And it's like, okay, we need to remember not Lot's wife. You know, we need to remember Lot's wife to not be like her. To not end up in her position. But I feel like it goes a long way. It's like, oh, what will help me remember to not be like her? Oh, sharing the gospel. Amen. And because sharing the gospel helps us to realize that this world really isn't something to be desired. We have a home in heaven that is coming very soon. Guys, hey, remember to have a fantastic day day today. Remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.